Welcome to Life on Earth, The Peace Project, a podcast that teaches you how to connect with the divine and transform darkness into light through topics from yoga to nature and ultimately love. Join your host, Natalie Kwa, to celebrate and encourage diversity, peace and global equality, one earthling at a time. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Life on Earth podcast. I am your host, Natalie Cry, and I am here today with an extraordinary guest, Jessica Persini. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited. I know we are going to focus today on healing the roots of emotional eating. How did you get into this field? I'm so curious. Like, how did it start? So it started with my journey with emotional eating. For a good 20 years of my life, I used food to manage my energy and manage my emotions. Anytime I felt overwhelmed, scared, anxious, stressed, I would immediately eat. I would find whatever I could get my hands on and I would just fill myself until I no longer felt overwhelmed, anxious, scared, or stressed. And like I said, I did that for a good 20 years of my Mm -hmm. life, never really knowing that I was an emotional eater. You know, I didn't have hundreds of pounds to lose. I knew how to eat healthy. And a lot of the overeating that I was doing was actually with healthy food that I never really considered myself an emotional eater. I actually just thought I had a weight problem. Like there were these 20 pounds that I just could not get rid of. I worked out every day. Like I said, I knew how to eat healthy. I just never really felt in control of my relationship with food. I was thinking about food all the time. It was a major, major distraction. You know, I just really felt like something was wrong, like something wasn't right between me and food. And I remember trying to talk to my friends about like how crazy I would feel around food. And they would just shrug me off and be like, oh, Jessica, everyone does that. Come on, let's go work out. Let's work off whatever you ate. And we would just work out all the time. And then I remember trying to talk to my partner about it. And he just like cocked his head and said, oh, Jessica, I'll love you no matter what size you are, which is everything that we want our partners to say. But what really boggled my mind was how could he love me when all I wanted to do was crawl out of my own skin? And I remember trying to then seek help in like therapy and professionals And every person that I saw just wanted to write me a prescription for an antidepressant and send me on my way. Wow. I was already really clear that I was using food to numb myself. And I Uh didn't want just another method of numbing, like medication. I wanted to be free. I wanted to be at peace. I wanted to be done with the inner torture that I always felt for years with food. That's when I felt like I was running out of options and I 
felt like the only other option was to go to Overeaters Anonymous. And to be honest, I could never get myself to go because the whole thing just really didn't resonate with me. I come from a long history of alcoholism in my family and like going to a 12-step meeting and just like the things that I heard and read about it. It just was not where I would find my healing. I knew that for sure. It was at that point that I really came to terms like with this idea, like I may have to live with this for the rest of my life. And that was when like this inner voice spoke to me and was like, you don't have to live with this for the rest of your life. There is another way. It was like this weird inner knowing that I had to really figure this out. And I really needed to get to the bottom of this. And that's when I decided and dedicated myself to really investigating every single nook and cranny of my relationship with food, the physical, but especially the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual relationship that I had with food. And it was from there that I discovered some major, major pieces of information that really changed my life. What was like the first step? Like, what was the first thing that you feel that you came across that started the awakening? So the first thing that I discovered actually was that I was an emotional eater. I know it sounds so simple, but as I shared before, like I never considered myself an emotional eater. I thought to be an emotional eater, you had to have hundreds of pounds to lose. You know, you had to sort of appear on one of those crazy TV shows or something. (laughs) And that wasn't my story. That wasn't me. So when I discovered I was an emotional eater, now keep in mind, I discovered I was an emotional eater after I had logged years in nutrition school, after I binged ate my way through nutrition school. So Um, you went to nutrition school. mm Mm-hmm. And no one ever said, Jessica you are an emotional eater. I saw health coaches. I had therapists. I had all sorts of support and no one ever pointed it out. No one ever said, you know, I think you have some compulsions going on here. I think you're an emotional eater. I had to come to that realization on my own. And what made a lot of sense when I discovered that was why everything that I had tried in the past, the diets, the meal plans, exercise, why those weren't working for me is because I wasn't getting to the root of the issue. So then the second thing, when I discovered that I was an emotional eater, the second discovery was that everything that I had tried in the past was a mismatch. Like the diets and meal plans, eating healthy, were really focusing on my weight and what I was eating. And that emotional eating is really about why. Why was I eating? That's like a totally different way of approaching it. Totally. Changes everything. And then the third thing that I discovered was that in order to really heal this, in order to truly be free, I had to get to the root of it. I had to go right to the core of what was going on and my patterns with food, and I had to heal it. And I knew that anything less than getting to the root was just not going to work. 10 years later, you know, like 10 years of research and discovery and healing 
to where now it's been four and a half years since I have emotionally eaten. It has been four and a half years since I have felt compulsive around food. It has been four and a half years since food was something that was constantly on my mind. I really, truly have a peaceful, nourishing relationship with food where it now is an asset instead of a way that I destroy myself. It's a way that I nourish and I move on. Where in the past, it was like I eat and I attach and I (laughs) cycle through all this stuff. But now it's like just so simplified. And the crazy thing is, what I realized as well was that how I was doing food was how I was living my life. It was literally how I was doing everything. The same patterns that I was Mm -hmm. creating and exhibiting in my relationship with food were the same patterns that were showing up in my relationship with money. They were showing up in my career. They were showing up in my relationships. So as soon as I started the healing work uh, in my relationship with food, it's almost like my entire life started to come into alignment and come into integrity. My life just really opened in all these different wonderful possibilities. It continues to impact me every single day moving forward and will for the rest of my life. I know that. Through all of that journey, you know, 20 years plus, I mean, it feels like you discovered a lot, but you also utilize this. Like nowadays you help a lot of people and you're doing a lot of Mm. public speaking and you're in a lot of shows and podcasts. Can we talk a little bit about like what you do when you work with your clients? Mm. What is the process that you bring them through? So people that are hearing this episode, they can know like, how does it work if I'm going to work with Jessica? Yes, my personal experience is everything that has led me to create Escape from Emotional Eating and the various programs that I offer because I wish I had that, you know, when I was mm-hmm. searching for answers and searching for support. Like, I wish I had me. And because I didn't have me, now I make myself available to teach and to support others who were just like me. So I offer a variety of programs that have various levels of support. The programs are really designed for people who are familiar with self-development, experienced with it, but emotional eating is something that they still really feel plagued with. My programs are called The Escape, The Escape Plus, or The Escape Plus VIP program. And they have various levels of support depending on what a client feels like they need. So if anyone is interested in exploring these programs more deeply, I offer a complimentary and powerful discovery session process that we can connect one-on-one. I can hear more about your challenges with emotional eating. I really like to get clear on why this hasn't been healed yet for the person specifically. And then, you know, we can explore if my work would be a fit for them through that process. How does one say, okay, am I this person? Am I doing this to myself? You know, am I an an emotional eater? So I offer a free quiz on my website, escapefromemotionaleating.com. 
And if anything that I've said so far is resonating with you who are listening, go to my website, escapefromemotionaleating.com right now. It's a free quiz on the website and it'll give you a clearer distinction about your relationship with food. And then from there, you can receive the link in the application for us to connect for a discovery session. So there's actually a free quiz on my website that can help someone, you know, it'll either confirm what they already sensed or knew about themselves, or it may also open another level of realization around what's going on in their relationship with food. Yeah, and I love that. And that's such a great service because, you know, there's many, I feel like many of us on some level emotionally eat, you know? Yeah, maybe there's like much deeper levels of it, but in more intense that really need more attendance. But this is good information for everyone because how many of us, you know, if you're feeling sad or anxious or something, will just like reach for food or a chocolate or a dessert or something or even mm-hmm. alcohol, you know, to like make you feel better in some way. Exactly. And for a lot of people that I work with, it's really holding them back in the way that they feel like an inner calling to be more or do more or serve more in their life. But this cycle that they're in with food is a distraction. It's holding them back. It's burdening their mind, their body from really being able to fulfill that inner calling that they feel. So whether that's a mom who wants to be a better mom, especially for her kids, or, you know, an entrepreneur who wants to take their business to the next level, we can do that through healing of their relationship with food. Yeah. And that's really great. What I was going to say is that a lot of the work that I do is about awareness, about consciousness. We talk a lot about meditation and healing techniques and like just being aware of whatever it is that's going on in your life. So I think that one of the reasons why I was so interested in having you on the show is because food is a big element. You know, we talk about your words and physical activity and how you show up to the world. Well, just having an awareness, even if you're not going to change to, I don't even know what is perfection. I don't even really like that word, but just Mm -hmm. be aware like of what you're doing. If you're going to grab that food or at night or that thing, and you're doing it as sort of self-met, even if you're still doing it, just being aware of that and Mm -hmm. then saying, okay, what's going on here? And then how can I explore that and go a little bit deeper and see really that, okay, I've got some underlying stuff here. And what what is that, you know? Awareness, particularly when it comes to our relationship with food, is like a gateway. It is like the portal for which we enter into, like we can't do anything if we're not aware of our behavior or thoughts. But where a lot of emotional eaters or people who feel compulsive around food, where they tend to get stuck is in awareness. The work that I do is really about taking them from awareness, moving them into action through accountability and Mm -hmm. through the healing that we do together. 
because I hear it all the time. People are like, I know what I should be doing. Uh I'm aware of what I'm doing, but I can't stop. Like you, you had that situation way back. So real quick, let me ask you this question because I think it's a really important question. Like you said you kind of knew that something was going on. Like you had this sort of awareness for a long time. Did you know like since you were like a kid or was that more like when you were a teenager? When did you know that I have this relationship with it? When were you aware? That awareness came in in my late 20s where it became really clear that something doesn't feel right here. And I think it really came from this awareness of like, why does this always feel so hard? Food is one of our three vital needs, right? We need water, we need air, we need food. And I was fighting with one of the top three. It's basically like fighting with oxygen. Can you Mm -hmm. imagine if we were all fighting with oxygen all day? We would lost it, but we do that with food. And I think I really just got to this point of like, gosh, like, why is this so hard? Like, this doesn't make sense. You know, like, I know I wasn't put on this planet to be spending so much time fighting food. When I finally realized and like received confirmation, like, yes, I was an emotional eater. Then it was like this wave of memories came back to me. And I remembered having this experience when I was six years old. I was with my older brother and we were at a neighbor's house and they were playing video games. My brother was like watching me. And I remember feeling bored and I was six years old. We were in the basement and I remember I snuck upstairs to the kitchen of my neighbor's house. And I went to the cookie jar because his mom had just made chocolate chip cookies that had M&Ms in them. Mm -hmm. I remember pulling up a chair to the counter, putting my hand in that cookie jar and eating every single (laughs) cookie that was in there. I remember putting the lid back on with no cookies in the cookie (laughs) jar, putting the chair back and going back downstairs as if nothing had ever happened. And then there were more memories from when I was like 16 and then 20 and then 23 and 25 and 27. It was like all these memories I could have access to again Mm -hmm. once I had that confirmation. Is this what you mean by fighting with food? Fighting with food for me was really like this love-hate relationship I had Mm -hmm. with it. You would feel really guilty after if you did that. I would feel so guilty that just the guilt itself would make me feel sick. Wow. There was a time where I was just so disgusted with myself. I remember just drinking like a ton of water, hoping that it would like rid me or like flush my system. And I just remember it made me feel like even worse. It was like everything that I did just made me feel worse. And it was a fight because I knew I shouldn't be doing it. I knew how to eat healthy. I knew these things and I just couldn't control it. I just couldn't get a grip of it. Such a burden. I coach a lot of ladies and, you know, I have a lot of situations that are around food with anxiety and emotional. And this is a topic that comes up a lot. 
So yeah, I'm really grateful for you doing this talk and sharing with us. Maybe we could start sharing some of the roots, some of the pillars, or I don't know how you do it, just to kind of guide us. Yeah. So one of the major reasons why I couldn't get this grip or this handle around food was because nothing was getting to the roots as I was sharing it. And through this decade of research that I did, I discovered the four roots of emotional eating. This is like the core of everything that I teach. What I found was that we can take any compulsive experience with food. Let's just take even like the stress and the anxiety of COVID and everything that's going on in this pandemic. Let's say someone emotionally eats one evening. I can have them tell me about that experience. And just from what they share with me, I can identify one or a combination of the emotional eating roots that is playing for them, that is, you know, activated. And then that tells me exactly what their emotional need is and how I can support them in feeding that emotional need. So healing the roots of emotional eating is really like the core of everything that I teach and everything that we look through. And I know a lot of people when it comes to healing emotional eating, you know, it feels like a really overwhelming process. But I was just telling someone yesterday, like there are only four roots. So any emotional eating experience is one of those four roots is activated. But the problem is that a lot of people are not taught or trained or even have the awareness of the depth of our relationship with food. So each emotional eating experience is just replicated. We're just repeating the same patterns over and over and over again. But when we have the clarity of the roots and we know how to work with it, then it's like the key that unlocks and stops the cycles and can break the pattern so people can be free. So what are those? The four roots are pretty in-depth, as I was sharing, and we don't necessarily have all the time in the world to get deep into them. But I will share that one of the roots is fear. And a lot of times that we will emotionally eat because we are scared in some way. For example, a lot of people say that they stress eat, you know, they eat when they're stressed. But if we follow stress all the way down to the root, what we will find is fear. Stress is just fear. That's basically Uh all it is. That makes sense. So we follow it down to the root. What we're really talking about is fear. And in my work, I teach tools called digesting emotions and the fear flush to support managing the fear. Because when we don't have these tools, like the fear flush, like I teach, then food becomes the way that we manage it. And when we use food to manage our fear, it's just a disaster, right? Food was not meant to manage fear in the same way like water or oxygen is not meant to manage fear. We need a different way. We need to manage it rather than allow it to take over us or drive our behaviors. 
particularly driver behaviors with food. Yeah, you're saying we need to manage our fears. Everyone does, whether you're an emotional eater or not, we all need to manage our fear. Yeah, and so how do you do that? That seems like the work too. Yeah, that is the work. It's through the tools that I teach, like the fear flash is just an example of a tool that I teach around fear. But it's really about, you know, for a lot of emotional eaters, when we feel anything, whether it's positive or negative, we want to run away. We want to squish it, squash it, escape it, procrastinate about it. We don't like feeling out of control in our bodies. And the tools that I teach provide a way for people to really work with the energy rather than work against it or distract from it. So there's a lot of emotional eating tips out there these days that are like, oh, you know, the next time that you have a craving or you want to emotionally eat, go for a walk or take three deep breaths. And yeah, I hear that a lot. Why doesn't that work? It doesn't work because it's not getting to the root of it. People will go for that walk and then they'll come back and eat. And I speak from my own experience. I'll go for that walk or take that breath, but I would always come back and emotionally eat because it wasn't getting to my emotional need. It wasn't helping me understand what is it that I'm actually really emotionally hungry for. It was just wasting time, basically. We need to be better equipped. We need to be better trained with how to work with our energy and work with our emotions so we can unhook from food. And food can go back to being that nourishing asset. That makes a lot of sense. What are the tips that you have for people who are listening to this conversation and saying, okay, if I find myself, you know, opening the refrigerator in the middle of the night because I'm anxious or when I come back from work and going for things that are just there to self-medicate. And they're maybe asking, do you have any tips for things like that? Absolutely. I have so much to share. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll say the first thing that you can do to start digging deeper in your relationship with food is by shifting your perspective from what you're eating to why are you eating? And simply asking yourself that question of why am I eating this? Mm. And open a different conversation than the same old worn out, eat this, not that conversation that we're all you know so used to. By starting to ask, why am I eating this? We start to get beyond the food and to the emotional need that I've been talking about. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I want to share with everyone is that we have five major emotions, mad, sad, glad, scared, and bad. And by also asking ourselves, how do I feel? And presenting those five emotions, mad, sad, glad, scared, bad, and allowing ourselves to identify, you know, sort of like a multiple choice answer, which of these am I feeling now, can start to 
develop our emotional language with ourselves. So let's say someone is going to the refrigerator because they're feeling stressed. And they would only really know that because they ask themselves, well, why am I eating? Or why do I want to eat? And they say, okay, I feel stressed. So then the next question would be, well, how do I feel? Mad, sad, glad, scared, or bad? Because stress is just the surface level. We need to get down deeper. And perhaps they say, I feel scared and I feel mad. Now we're even further along on the path. And those are just like the beginning steps of the digesting emotions process that I teach in that really starting to understand and untangle our emotions from our relationship with food. I have a question. It's a little bit uh, deviating from this, but for right now, what we're going through with the COVID and the virus, do you have some health tips like maybe on how to boost your immune system, things like that, that maybe we could share? Because I feel everybody could benefit for some immune boosting right now. So the best immune boosting that anyone can do is to really honor when they are satiated, to really avoid overeating. Because when we overeat, the body is really burdened. It's like doubly difficult for the body to digest more than what it really needs. And when we're doing that, we're weakening our body. We're like robbing energy from other areas in the body because there's just so much going on inside. So honestly, the simplest thing that we all can do is to really honor when we're satiated and also really honor when we're physically hungry, to really be in sync with our body's rhythms and our body's needs is really important because how we do one thing is how we do everything. So if we're in sync with our body's hunger and fullness, then we can also practice being in sync with our energy levels, you know, resting when we're tired, working when we have the energy and things like that so that we're not overextending ourselves. I feel like a lot of people easily get sick when they're run down. You can really run your body down by overeating. You can really run your body down by being in fear. That's why, like I was saying earlier, like we all have to manage our fear because fear will make us sick. This is a time to really be emotionally healthy. And if you're emotionally eating, you're not emotionally healthy. It is a telltale sign that you are not emotionally healthy. We need to work on our emotional fitness and our emotional health so that we're not overeating. We can rest when we're tired and we're not cycling through emotions that really cost us our health. Do you feel like a lot of people tend to overeat in our society? You know, I can't speak for everyone. I'd really have to talk to a lot of people (laughs) to really get a full read on that. But, you know, I think what's important about that, especially for the people who are listening Because it doesn't matter what the person next to you is doing. You know, we all just have control of our own lives. But what's important is, you know, if something feels out of alignment in your relationship with food and you are not at peace with food, do something about it. Don't wait. Don't ignore it. 
Don't pretend like it's going to change when all of this stuff is over. These are deep-rooted issues that a lot of people are facing right now because they don't have their usual methods of distraction and escape. This was a very enlightening conversation. I really appreciate your time. I know that there's a lot of people who can benefit from everything that you're saying. And I think that on different levels, everyone can benefit from it. Absolutely. (laughs) I hope this was helpful for everyone who listened. And again, if you'd like to take the quiz and stay connected with me, escapefromemotionaleating.com is where you can find the quiz and me. And what about, do you have any social media that we should follow you on or what's the best place, just your website? My last name can be kind of tricky to spell. So if you just go to my website, all that information is on there rather than spelling yes. everything out. But yeah, just escape from emotionaleating.com and you'll find my social media and all those things on there. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. We also will include your website on our show notes. I really appreciate it and I hope you're doing well and really nice talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Life on Earth. You can help us by taking a few minutes to leave a rating and review on iTunes. For more inspiring content, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Search Life on Earth in iTunes or visit lifeonearth.podbean.com.